Hey, Bryn, podcasters here. Temperance started as early as 1780 in Litchfield, Connecticut, and was said to hinder business. But what's a hindrance? Well, the Oxford Dictionary defines hindrance as an obstruction or prevention of progress or action, and by virtue of being intoxicated or drunk, you are a hindrance to yourself and your ability to make decisions. Or at least that's what the early adopters believed. And that was a common theme for the time. People's opinions were changing. But what's another word for change? Reform. Age of reform was a time in America between 1830 and 1850 where Americans joined movements devoted to spirituality or to secular uplifting. Notable movements happened or sprouted during this time like women's suffrage, limiting child labor, prison reform, abolitionism, and even... You hear that? That noise is the beginning of the temperance movement. Temperance, in this case, is a group wanting to suppress the frequent use of ardent spirits and its kindred vices. This is one of the earliest examples of temperance being agreed upon by a large number of people. The year is 1813 inside the State House in Boston, Massachusetts, and the group is mostly made up of clergymen and town officials. As these men gather today, their mission is to loosen the grip of alcohol on humanity, which will soon become a largely spread mission of religion. Religion was a huge part of the Temperance Movement and helped. Religion helped to bring it to light and helped with the cause. But why did religion play a role in this? Well, the church was a primary part of the Temperance Movement because they believed drinking was a sin and temperance was perceived as something good. Churches had a huge moral influence on this as many were Christian. Abolitionists said drunkenness was perceived as the failure of man to use God's gift properly and not as an evil intrinsic to the intoxicating liquid itself. But what does this mean to us? Well, scientists can't know for sure, but they can make educated guesses. One guess would be to say that this was their way of staying faithful and appeasing their Holy Spirit. Some states even created laws to regulate the drinking of alcohol. But if most were adhering to the Lord's word, who would do the Lord's work and punish those immoral sinners? Carrie Nation, born in 1846 in Kentucky, would have been growing up in the heat of the age of reform. She had a rough childhood with a mother falling in and out of pillow fits, and living in poverty, she turned to a higher power for these times of hardship. Getting older, she would soon find her first husband. It wouldn't work out though, and she left him because he was, after all, an alcoholic. This would kick off her distrust and disgust of alcohol, and when paired with the religious aspect and damnation of such spirits, she would seem to have made it her mission to punish the sinners of the time. Carrie wasn't alone in these feelings. Well, what do you mean by that, Jack? As Carrie recounts in her autobiography, God woke her up after a night of prayer and told her to go to Kiowa and smash them. So after those instructions, Carrie did exactly what she was told to. Going into saloons, as they were called at the time, she destroyed the entire stock of liquor, among other items. These showcases would continue for some time until eventually 
she began using a hatchet to inflict more damage to those places of sin. She was also adverse to other public signs of disobedience, it seemed, as with her distaste for tobacco, corsets, two short skirts, and mildly pornographic images or art. To make more money for travel, Carrie sold her hatchets as souvenirs or some early kind of memorabilia. And today they can be found in places such as the Kansas Historical Society. Carrie Nation might not still be around today, but what she devoted herself to definitely is. The temperance movement today looks different, but that's what happens as we age. Aspirations reached or discarded, legacies made or forgotten. Newcomers arrive with their own ideals. Whether or not we believe it, time is ever moving. Movements come and go just like the people who started them. And it's important to remember that as we grow, we might find it appealing to stay in the past, out of nostalgia or simplicity. But that would mean getting in the way of progression. And to do that would be hindering the future. And as always, thanks for listening.